Hey, it's Aaron Burke. Welcome to Made For More. This is a leadership podcast to help you get better. And I love investing in leaders. I love seeing leaders raised up within the church, within the marketplace. So whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're on a streaming platform, thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for all the feedback. I love seeing it. Love seeing it on Instagram. Love seeing it there. Um, uh, people writing me emails, all kinds of stuff. So thank you for sending that in. Uh, this is a episode, the first time we had a return visitor. So let me just say this, Daniel <laughs> Floyd, that you need to feel special because you're the only one we've ever invited back. I must have done something right. You did something right. You did something right. Or, Dan- you, or you forgot I was on the first. I didn't say and that. And we rescheduled. <laughs> that might have happened too, but no. Um, every time I'm around Daniel Floyd, I get better as a leader. The church gets better. Uh, Daniel has been, uh, we did our doctorates together. We yes. finished them. We um, thank God it's over. So I've heard him correct at least four or five people when they called you Daniel. And our pastor Daniel said, no, 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 it's Dr. Daniel Floyd. Whatever. So um, I want you to, because we didn't get to get into it the first time, give us a little bit of your your leadership journey, your church journey. Yeah. Um, I love hearing about what's happening at LifePoint, what's happening up in Virginia. Kind of talk us through your journey. Yeah. So started uh, the church in 05. Um, but before that, back up before that, I grew up in a pastor's home. So dad pastored churches in the Carolinas, Virginia, Tennessee, all that kind of area. Um, mostly smaller rural churches. Okay. So I didn't have a context for a large church. Um, went to college and in college felt like, okay, ministry is what my life is supposed to be about. And uh, so 05 started the church, but it was kind of a weird start. And we didn't have the normal church planning story that most people have. I didn't build a core team and get a city on my heart. Right. And I kind of stumbled into it. And uh, I think maybe that was the best way for it to happen for How me. How you stumble into a church? <laughs> so a group of 50 people were like, will you come be our pastor? Wow. And you know these people before? Or like, I did. I, yeah. So I'd traveled on the sure. weekends doing evangelism, youth conferences, things like that. Okay. So I knew these people. They're like, we want to start this church. And I said, no, I'm not your guy. Um, I don't want to be a senior pastor. Yeah. I want to be kind of a second guy, you know, associate. Right. And um, executive pastor kind of role. And God had other plans. So we literally, for the first year of the church, I was still working on my master's degree. So we drove two and a half hours, almost three hours every weekend. Tammy would work all week, Monday through Friday, teaching school, middle school music. I'd pick her up Friday. We would drive two and a half hours to where we live now. And um, we would do any meetings on Saturday, any outreach, anything we needed to do to run to church Sunday, have service, set right. up, tear down. I would set up. I remember I just talking about grind and grit you learned during those years, yep. you know, set up. Then I would go to the bathroom and kind of get a wet paper towel and wipe the sweat off, change clothes. People do not know this behind the scenes of real life. People look at ministry and they saw you on Sunday and they go, this guy's got it made. They didn't know you were in the bathroom right before wiping down. Changing clothes, preach, then change back. Tear it all tear down. Tear it all down yeah. and then drive two and a half hours home. Most of the time, half asleep, right. not knowing how I got there. And and the green room, every you know you need a good green room sure was a rundown kitchen (laughs) (laughs) that had a table in it and that's where i would review my message real quick before i preach that's the glamour that's the glamorous beginnings of life point church do not despise the days of small beginnings so So um, how did did it kind of grow from there like what happened um man so right relationships alignment before assignment i'm a big believer in that so just got around the right people who helped me think bigger, 
helped me see things bigger because the, the context I had was a couple hundred people in a church. Right. I didn't think church, I didn't, the framework, this thought of church staff, of organization, of strategy, none of that entered my mind. Yep. You went on Sunday, whoever showed up, showed up. Right. A process to help disciple, all those, those, those were just foreign concepts. Um, and so getting around people that thought big, thought that way, so alignment with the right relationships helped, and we begin just implement. I just I've came a ferocious learner, always have been. Hope mm-hmm. I stay that way. Um, but just going anywhere, help me learn. I want to do this well. I want to steward what God's given me. I believe we should grow, should advance. Um, and so yeah, just got around the right okay, people, started so learning. The people that are in that place, they kind of feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your advice that you give them as they approach those people who? Are further down the road than them because what it sounds like is you had to go and seek out those oh, yeah. relationships. Yeah. Um, so first thing I would say is don't go to someone that's ten miles down the road. That's really good. Uh, a lot of times we're like, I need to learn, so I'm gonna go learn from the guy that's got 23 campuses. Right. He's forgotten. Like <laughs> most likely, true. he's forgot like one location. Yep. 500 people. Or, and I think that translates to business, you know, I'm going to go learn from the Fortune 500 company and I'm a startup. Okay. Maybe we should go to the guy that's three years into his startup. Right. So maybe Ash, maybe if I've got one location, a couple hundred people come, I should go to the guy that's 500 and go, because that guy still remembers growing. Right. From two to five. Or maybe I'm five, five to thousand, whatever it may be. I don't know. I'm, I don't hate putting numbers around it, but they still remember what it was like. So I've, I found, I found someone that was way ahead. Because that gives me inspiration. I found people that were a few steps ahead because that gave me practical strategy of how to get there. So I think you need inspiration. You need something that stretches your faith, makes you think bigger. But then you need some people that are a few steps ahead. Even to this day, I require my staff to have someone's cell phone number that does what they do that is a few steps ahead. It's very good. Because we always got to be growing, always learning. Okay. Any other advice for people that are in those early days? Trying to figure out. Yeah, learn, learn, learn. Right. And work like your life depends on it. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's hard work. It is the blessing of God. Right. Obviously, I'm not negating any of that, but it's hard. It's work. Like you get up, you grind it out. I mean, we were talking today. We did your staff chapel this morning. Yep. The Apostle Paul, he didn't compare his results, but he did say, I worked harder than all y'all. Yep. (laughs) You know, and I, I thought that when I left college, I heard a mentor of mine say once, he knew. Um, it was the president of our university he said he knew that when he left that he couldn't build, he couldn't out preach other people, but he could outwork anybody there. And I remember sitting that there going, "It's brilliant." I remember sitting there going, "That's me. Right. I don't think I can out preach. I don't think I'm the best communicator, but I can outwork that is anybody around." So That's just what smart. I determined to do. Was you said outwork. it so brilliant this morning? You say you don't compare results. I mean, you yeah, you don't compare results, but you do compare effort. Yeah. That's so brilliant. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's it's very, very smart. Okay, so what, what I want to talk about today is the idea of just making things better, Yeah. Um, how, to, how to improve things, because um, I am sure that the life point that I have been able to visit, I've been able to see, which is a phenomenal, one of the best churches in America, I'm sure it looks a little bit better and cleaner than it did 15, 17 years ago. Okay, so- <laughs> 100%. Um, Hopefully six months ago. Yes, but that's part of your DNA. You're always mm. making things better. You're always yeah. evaluating. You're always improving. Uh, where does that come from, and how do we get that in our culture? Mm-hmm. I, well, honestly, just uh, the pursuit of excellence. Like it's we've never. It's it's an understanding. I've never arrived. I can never coast. I'm never putting in neutral. 
I'm never putting the cruise control on. So I can always get it a little better. And here's the deal. If I'll make small tweaks along the way, I won't have to make trans- major upheavals and overhauls. That's really good. And so the uh, major overhauls, maybe sometimes you do, but those are the ones that I think like throw your team in chaos yep. and every, and it's like, whoa, what's that? You know, it throws every, but if I'll just, if I'll, so if I'll get done with the first service and get a few people together and go, how can we make it better before the next one? Right. Instead of for the last six months, I don't like this thing happening. <laughs> why do we wait six months? It's very good. What, why, when, why when I thought it, didn't I go communicate it right. and just make the little tweak? Right. Instead of some hammer coming down with the hammer because you're so frustrated because you've been building this forever. Yes. Small tweaks. Someone said, I think it was Ed Young Jr., you know, all his funny quotes, but this one's true. He said, small tweaks take you to giant peaks. Very I good. Like, I remember to you, like such a memorable statement, I think so true. So okay. let's make the small tweaks. Let's make it better. All right. So what's your process for, yeah. for dealing with this? Kind of outline, you know, a good process for evaluation. How do we make this thing happen? Great. Three thoughts. Some thoughts underneath the thoughts. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm ready. Number one, I think posture. Okay. You got to have the right posture. So it doesn't necessarily start with... Let's change that. Let's fix that. Let's adjust that. It starts with the right posture because you never get better if you don't have a posture of getting better. So mm. let's start with I'm I'm gonna will I'm willing to be honest. Mm. I'm even willing to be honest with my baby. Like right, this is my department. I'm willing to be objective enough. And you know we spent a whole podcast talking about that takes a level of security as a leader. Yep. To go, I'm willing to let people talk about my thing, and I'm willing to be honest. Was it Jim Collins says good to great companies are the ones that can face the facts without losing heart? Yes. So I think first it takes a posture of honesty. We got to be willing to go, that wasn't good. Or we've got to be secure enough to invite someone to say, right, was that good? Was that bad? What do you think? I've noticed this. There's multiple things that are my baby still. And I've had to do with my team where I've had to actually address the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Hey, I understand y'all probably don't want to say something because you think you're going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. 100%. I am inviting y'all to make this thing better because mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get offended or get, yeah. uh, you know, where we have to respond right away because if not, as soon as we get defensive about it, then, then everybody's going to go, okay, shuts it down. We'll shut it down. Yeah. And we just can't do that. So I think that's such a key of that posture of going, okay, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I have the heart of getting this thing better. Yeah. So. I think that's so critical to to invite it. I would say yes. be honest, be open, be open to dialogue, be open to feedback. Yes. And I think it's so critical if you're the senior leader in the organization or in the church is that you have to go, you have to give the permission. Yes. It's okay. Right. Be honest. And there's not going to be backlash. Right. You know, you know some people... Some people give feedback and then you make them pay for their feedback and they learn real quick. I'm not giving feedback anymore. Like they learn real fast. Like right. I got my hand slapped. I'm, I'm out of here on that. But you got to be willing to be open. And I think third thing under the posture is, is a posture of curiosity. Like mm. I'm constantly curious. I, I, made, um, I made two different notes in your staff chapel this morning of things that I liked, that I saw, that I thought you do better than we do. And I was, I'm curious about it. 
And um, my pastor says, I'm going to figure out what you do well. I'm going to take it back home and do it better. That's so brilliant. <laughs> I've, kind of, I've kind of adopted that. I love it. So there were several things. There was something on Sunday I watched. I was like, I like that. I think they do that better. I'm going to go back. We're going to tweak that. Just it. it wasn't major overhauls. Right. We do similar things. Right. I just thought it was better. Right. And so I'm going to be curious. So I'm going to go seek out. I'm going to look around. I'm going to, I think in an organization, there, there's, you have incredible people on your team. And sometimes the best thing to do is just go ask someone what they think adds value, makes yep. them feel valued. Um, and you may learn some things and it may be, I, and it's, we always go to the people that are in the, so like we go to worship. What do you think about worship production? Right. What do you think about production? I'm going to go to county and ask them what they thought about worship. That's very good. I mean, what did you think about that right. today? How did you think about the flow? I'm just curious. doesn't mean I'm, I'm not going to have a set-up meeting. It may just be a hallway conversation, but I'm just going to have a posture of curiosity. How'd that come across? What did you think about that all staff? What did you think about this? Just curiosity I love to that. see what comes up. And you may get something. You may get nothing, but you may get something. So I, how do you overcome your insecurity in that? Because I get a little insecure going if I ask them, it's going to hurt my feeling. You know, it's going to like, this is... <laughs> do I is, really want to know? I mean, do I really want to know? You know, I'm like, I just don't know. Like, how have you learned to overcome that? Is that... I just think it's time. Yeah. Time and just, I really care about mission right. more than whatever is happening in me. It's really good. Because if it's going to make mission and vision better... Yep. And we're going to accomplish that. And we're, I've got to get over. I, I just think there's a part of it. Um, and I don't think it's three steps to this or four steps. I think right. some of it's just like leaders, we got to get over ourselves and put the mission above all the other things. Like we're going to hear it. Like I tell people all the time, I'm like, you hope they're going to remember you when you leave. But the reality is, the mission's going to keep moving forward. The church is built on Jesus. The organization is built on whatever you... And so let's just remember, we're not the centerpiece. They're right. going to... They're going to let's get over it. I mean, I mean, Billy Graham, one of the most influential evangelists in the history of Christianity, and it's not like people are talking about him every day. Right. You know what I mean? You're absolutely right. It's, it's, that, it's David's heart, right? David said, I served my generation, then I died. Yeah. There we go. I just want to do it. I want to serve my generation. Da, da. Does that mean it's easy? No. Sometimes I, but I have to go, Daniel, get over yourself. You're not that big of a deal. Let's move on and let's make this better. Okay. We're starting with posture. We're going to yeah. make it better. So what's the second one? Number two, we're going to go to a process. Okay. So I've got to determine my baseline. So if I, I, I if I don't have something to compare against or know what I'm measuring against, how do I, how do I improve it? Improvement mm-hmm. isn't, it's not just a feeling. Oh, it felt better. Well, it may have been that the sunshine was out and people were in a better mood. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, or it may have been like, that felt bad. It was dreary. Okay, well, that's not. So what is my baseline? Um, and that means I've got I've to determine that. I've got to determine the baseline. I've got to make sure my team knows the baseline so that I can now have metrics. And then i got to do the hard part of it all is let the metrics speak. Hmm. Like, let them speak. You know, we, in the church world, I don't know how it is in the business world, um, but in the church world, we are great at um, manipulating the metrics. Not not in a lack of integrity way. Here's what I mean by that: is we'll have a metric we don't like, and we're like, "Well, 
It was raining, and yeah. it was the third Sunday, Full and moon. Tampa yeah. Bay were playing, right. and the Wolves came out last night. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. People were howling at the I mean, yeah. we just all kinds of stuff. Instead of just going, no, maybe there's an issue. Yes, absolutely. That we need to address. <laughs> like, that is so true. I don't know if they do that in the business world. I don't think so. I think they just go, no. No, I think we're prone to make excuses. Yeah. And the fact is, if you have data, you know, it's like... It's the it, it's your body. It's the same thing. It's like yeah. you can say all the time, "Well, I feel okay." Well, if your blood pressure is bad, mm-hmm. there's an issue. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you yeah. you've got to go with the data, and the data's the data's the data speaks. Yeah. And so we, we've had to actually over focus on data for a little bit because we were so feelings based. Mm-hmm. Like it felt good, felt good, but then people didn't come back. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> wait. But if it felt as good as we thought it did, wouldn't people return? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, we like it. We thought it was a great video, but nobody else wants to watch that video again. Yeah. You know, so I think we have to go. No back. one signed up. Right. No one signed the up. The video wasn't great. Right. It moved to no one. <laughs> right. We laughed yeah. because it was funny for us. Yeah. But it wasn't. It, it didn't move anything forward. So I think data. We were talking about that yesterday. There's a series we've been doing as a church for nine years now popular series that churches do and we're trying to evaluate the data of it going mm-hmm. okay if we're going to evaluate it do we actually have the metrics to confirm that it's actually part of the mission because mm-hmm. if it's not and it's just something that we think that's what we've always done yeah i think that's one of the keys is you know i, I get worried when it's the thing we've always done mm-hmm. and we're going but it was just who we are well yeah if it's not moving the mission forward yeah let's kill it it's not adapting to the current need Absolutely, for sure. And COVID changed everything, so we're we're going to come up with a process. Anything else on the process? Yes, yeah, so we're 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 looking at metrics. What are mm-hmm. they really saying to us? Yeah. And that helps us identify the gaps. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we can really source the issue. So metrics don't show us the issue; they're just a dashboard, right? They they just let us know it's something in the engine. Then we need to look at the engine and go, is it the oil? Is it the belts? Is it, I don't know much about cars. That was it. Yeah. That was pretty intense though. I'm I gave there. both things. Right. The tires. <laughs> the t- that was it. Hey, tires. We're about the same in that world. <laughs> and then I can really source the issue. So right. for instance, I, it, it may not be that, um, it may not be that the video wasn't great that didn't move anybody. It could be, but it could be that the people we were communicating this to have already taken that step. Yes. So I need to look at the right issue because if not, I'll be addressing things that don't matter. So I got right. to really source the right issue. You gave me a great example of this when it came to one of the campuses with baptisms. Mm-hmm. I thought that was brilliant. Yes, uh, we we had a baptism experience, and I wasn't thrilled. I mean, I was, thank God, obviously, anybody yep. gets baptized, understand that. Um, and I was talking to the campus pastor, and I said, "No, it may not be that people didn't respond. It could be that." you had a lot of people that have already taken that step. So maybe the issue isn't the step of baptism. Maybe the issue is the step of inviting friends to church. So it could be there was no crowd. There was just a committed core in the room. So what I love about that, and I I see it as a common denominator of all great leaders, is they don't go to the first assumed Mm -hmm. answer. Yeah. Well, your problem is this. You didn't communicate it correctly. It actually... there. The best leaders go, well, let's actually go and push a little bit further. Yeah. I think I think it was Craig Rochelle. It's like, you can't come to the table with two options. It's like, you know, it's it's yeah. normally option four or five. That's actually yeah. where you yeah. get to the, like, the real meat of thinking right. it through. And that's what you're talking about in this thing. So the metrics 
are are an indicator that there's a problem, but your problem is not always the first visible, mm-hmm. most obvious problem. Yeah, absolutely. And pushing through that. Anything else with that? It's uh, it's the Toyota Five Whys. I, I I don't know if it was what CEO of Toyota, but it was always Five Whys. It wasn't the first Why. So why? Okay, it's this. Well, why is that? Okay, it's this. Well, why is that? And so you had to keep digging. Yep. And a lot of people just don't want to take the time because it's time. It's it's laborious yep. to just keep digging in. But that's where you go. Okay, we finally, I think we got to the source. Let's fix that issue. Side note on that. Better. Um, a great book I read called The Coaching Habit talked about one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. And they said the same thing. They say, you know, you always ask it open-ended, you know, what's on your mind? What else? What else? What else? And it's not normally until the, the fourth or fifth, what else do you actually get the root of what's going on in their heart and mm-hmm. their life? That's great. Because it's the same idea. It's, yeah. I'm going to dig, dig, dig till I really get there. Yeah. Um, it's a sign of a great leader. Sorry, right, we're going to work that process. It's what good. else in there? And then three, it's a plan. It's a plan. You got to create a plan. Okay. And uh, so you got to have a plan that, that's going to address the issue. And then you got to go execute the plan, communicate the plan. Um, I, I tell our teams, you got to think through who, who's doing it, by when, who needs to know directly affected, who needs to know indirectly affected. Hmm. So who's carrying it out? Somebody has to leave the room going, my head is on the chopping block for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm responsible, right? Which, side note on that, what we found as a fail is when we say this group is responsible. No, yeah. It can't be the group responsible. No, never. It has to be a responsible yeah. person. Because if not, it's a Spider-Man meme. I don't know if you saw <laughs> it. We're all, they're all pointing at each other as the fail. And yeah. like, no, 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 one person. So yeah. that's a brilliant point you just said. One person is by when. There's yep. a deadline. Yep. And then who's affected by this because they need to be brought in to collaborate on it. Because hmm. if, if it's going to affect them, then let them speak into it. The worst thing that I think someone in an organization gets is when a leader comes down with an edict and right. it's like, and this like, wait, this is going to affect, this is going to affect my daily routine, how I lead my organization. And I got no say in it. Right. Like that's so demoralizing. And so I'm going to bring in to collaborate because many minds are better than one mind. There's, you know, Proverbs, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. I mean, then who's indirectly affected by it, which means I need to make sure they're in the know, but they may not be in the input. So I'm not going to invite 12,000 people into the collaboration. I'm going to affect those who are directly affected, but I am going to inform those who are indirectly affected. Hey, there's this change coming. Hey, we're doing something different here. Here's the new plan for this. And this is going to indirectly affect you. Like you need to be in the know and aware, but you're not going to be in the input session because it's not directly so good. And then reassess the plan. Did it work? How long after? Ask for feedback. Loop back to the top. What's my posture? Right. Do I need a new process? I heard Andy Stanley say years ago, he said it this way, um, orchestrate and evaluate. And so this would be my evaluation process. The plan is I'm going to orchestrate something new and then I'm going to let that run a little bit and then I'm going to evaluate it. Did what we thought was the problem, was that the problem, did what we thought was the solution, what we think needs to be done, is that actually working? So now I need to measure that. Okay, how do you keep this part of your culture? Because it's really, I mean, I've seen it with you. It's always constant evaluation. I think that's it. You don't don't teach culture. You know, it's bad English, but you be culture. Mm -hmm. It's got to be who you are. And so I think it has to come from the top down, the senior leader. People won't won't have this kind of 
high feedback. Um, I think Craig Rochelle calls it high truth kind of environment, mm-hmm. constantly tweaking to make better. I'm not looking for massive changes. Right. Like that kind of concerns me, honestly, when it's like, we need to massively overhaul this. I'm like, whoa, let's stop, pause for a minute. Maybe we just didn't make some tweaks along the way that we need to make. Maybe it does, but let's really evaluate. Um, so I think it's got to be in the senior leader. So people have got to see, as a leader, I'm going, tell me how to get better. Hmm. I want to get better. Let that get into your team. So they're asking their team, I want to get, they need to see this. And then there's just got to be systems. You got to put systems in your organization that cause you to go, Let's take time to evaluate. Yeah, it's it's got to be in the language and the teaching. It's got to be in the time. You got to schedule so it. Yep. You got to schedule it. It's got to put it on the calendar. You got to have moments. We just had a staff advance. We we're talking about vision, talking about strategy, breaking up into campus teams, breaking up into departments, doing a lot of this. So it's got to it's got to be important enough that you don't just talk about it. You regularly have it in the routine of what you do. I love the Truett Kathy quote. Where you know they were talking about how to get bigger, 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 mm-hmm. bigger, and he says, "Let's not work on getting bigger. Let's work on getting better." Yeah. If you get better, the customers will demand you get bigger. Demand you get bigger. I think that's huge. I think it's Daniel so Floyd always brings truth on the podcast, and which <laughs> exciting since the last time you came on is you have launched your podcast. I just have. had your first episode. Tell everybody how to hear about yeah. it. first season. First sorry. season's up. Tell everybody how yeah. how to listen. Anywhere you stream and on YouTube, Daniel Floyd Leadership Podcast. You can just search it, Apple, Spotify, all the things. And on YouTube, you can watch it. Awesome. And if you are in the Virginia area, I mean, he's got campuses all over, taking over the world. Richmond (laughs) campus, Fredericksburg, all these other towns I can't pronounce. It's pretty amazing. But um, I love what God's doing in your life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of this. Send me some feedback. We want to continue to make this better. And um, I really am excited about all that's happening in your world and Made for More. And we'll see you next month.